This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek, The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin as a after a little bit of a summer break, a little bit of a lull, we are back into it. We are getting ready for the fall season. Um, tryouts already took place last week. A lot of our teams um, are getting ready to start their seasons next week. Um, golf has already started. So the fall season is actually among the, uh, you know, has already started. So uh, we are back into the swing of things and we are ready to get things started here for 2023, 2024. But um, before Next couple of weeks, we'll do probably not our normal format. Next week, we'll do our big um, football preview show as we get ready for game week. Um, that's next week. But for this week, we're going to stick with two halves. Um, we're going to, in the first half, we're going to talk about some news uh, happening um, in the North Shore area lately. Um, Loyola um, having uh, former Northwestern uh, coach Pat Fitzgerald as a volunteer on its uh uh, program and also Joe got a chance to check out um, the new uh, athletic facility at Nutrierin. From the photos in the story, they looks really impressive. But we've also got thoughts about that new uh, seventy-five million dollar facility. So we'll hit on that in the first half, um, and then in the second half we'll just talk generally about what we're looking forward to this fall, excluding football. Um, we'll save football for next week, but. You know, we've got uh, boys soccer, we've got girls volleyball, girls swimming, both golfs, both cross countries, um, and uh, field hockey. Um, and I think I'm missing one, but we've got a lot of sports going on. So um, we'll chat about that loosely in the second half um, before we prepare for our big football show next week. But um, I'm going to bring Joe in here now because uh, he broke some news on Thursday. We're recording this on Thursday um, when he was the first to report that. Um Former Northwestern football coach Pat Fitzgerald um, is uh, serving as an assistant uh, for the Loyola Ramblers. Um, he's been coaching with them, working with them now. Um, I'm sure many of you know that he has his uh, son, Jack, recently graduated. His son, Ryan, is uh, competing for the quarterback position, and they have another son um, at the school. So he is technically a parent volunteer um, at the program. But, Joe, why don't you uh, tell us you know, more about this? Um, how you kind of found out and just, you know, what, you know, just how this all kind of came to be. Sure. Um, I, I guess you could call it just uh, having my eyes open um, is how I came across it. You know, I was at Loyola practice yesterday to do photos for our team preview, uh, which, which we'll be running in the next couple of days. Um, obviously the reigning state champ. So we're going to have a full preview on that. Um, and, you know, coach Fitz was there. He was, um, just kind of watching the practice as part of it. Uh, I, I, I won't say interacting with anybody. He was just kind of there. Um, and I knew Ryan, his, his son was um, competing for the starting quarterback job. We know now that um, he's QB one as of right now. Um, so I talked to coach Deshero about it and I said, um, what if any role is, is coach Fitz Gerald, um, in this program. Um, and he said the school wanted to make a statement and we went from there and it gave me a statement. So just following up on, on something I noticed and uh, it turns out that um, coach Fitzgerald will be assisting it uh, as a, like you said, parent volunteer, and it's unclear exactly his role, 
They didn't define it in any way. They did say in their statement that um, that their parent coaches, or I'm sorry, their volunteers, as well as their um, assistant coaches help in a variety of capacity from game day logistics to um, prep and, uh, and other kind of um, maintenance of the team and the program. So no specifics really, just that he would be assisting with the program. That's the plan as of now. And uh, of course you released that on the heels of um, what his ouster at um, ouster makes it sound like it wasn't, it, that's not what I'm saying. He was ousted from his position at Northwestern after the hazing scandal or amid the hazing scandal. He's still part of uh, at least two, lawsuits he's named in implicated in uh related to the alleged hazing scandal so um that makes it a story and a story that went um that's kind of gone um to a lot of outlets since then um and uh yeah i, I guess that was just it keep my eyes open following up i mean isn't that pretty much journalism you know you just kind of go isn't that the importance of local journalism like you go places and you see things and that's kind of what you report like it sounds pretty simple and dumb when you put it in terms like that but i mean if you didn't go to that practice, no one would know and that kind of stuff. So um, it kind of brings into the importance of, uh, you know, making sure that you're reporting there and, uh, you know, you're going to these types of things and kind of explains why we like to go to this type of stuff, you know, whether it's, you know, you kind of get luckier or whether, you know, you notice something and you do deep dive reporting on it. And obviously with everything going on uh, surrounding Northwestern and um, his departure, obviously it's a really important story to report on. Yeah, hundred percent, Mike. Yeah, I mean, you hit it. That's that's a huge part of local news, if not the most important part, is being on the ground, boots on the ground, and being able to recognize what could be a story and chasing it um, and finding out if it is. And a lot, you know, a lot of times, as you know, it won't be, and you're kind of, you know, you run into that end, like there, that's not either what I thought it was, or it's just not a story that's right for our publication. Um, but you should chase them all um, and, and find out. And that's the importance of local news and, and maybe something um, some people don't understand, whether it's uh, young journalists, um, old journalists, or just readers um, don't understand about local journalism is it's a lot about being there and a lot about effort. Um, the technical part of it is uh, kind of comes later, but you got to be there um, to see it. And, and that's, that's important. That's kind of just what happened here. Um, and we're happy to, to report it. We do think that people should know whether, you know, the, the, on, on how the spectrum it falls and how you feel about it is all up to you. Um, but uh, I do believe with everything going on uh, at Northwestern, he's also uh, a resident. He's obviously a public figure. You deserve to know that he's um, helping with a, you know, a program um, in your community. Yeah, definitely. So obviously that's something that's going on there and I'm sure we'll, um, keep an eye on moving forward. And um, I know for you and I, especially, you know, we probably a little bit niche for us, obviously talking about, uh, I know one of our former U of I professors and the whole situation going on in Marion in Kansas, obviously puts a lot, big light on local journalism, obviously a little bit different than reporting on a former coach and, uh, you know, having a police raid going on in the newspaper, but obviously still a lot of importance in local news. And obviously this is another good example of, you know, not everything is going to be, you know, finding down, you know, how you're going to bring down the mayor, but a lot of important news does happen with local reporting. And um, it's also always important to make sure to give credit to whoever first reported it. I'm not going to make you respond to that, Joe, but <laughs> I, uh, I do think it is important to make sure uh, to uh, credit who uh, got the story first. Uh, especially um, for the parachuting national and regional news who are coming in. I think it's 
Um, I feel like locally it's a courtesy to do that, but I feel like um, regionally and nationally it's a necessity. Um, I mean, you're coming into our territory and reporting news we already did. You should give us credit for it. You know, sometimes, you know, we work at different outlets, Mike, say we get the same press release and I beat you know, the publish button. You don't got to quote me in that right. regard. But if, if a national outlet comes and swoops in, they we should certainly get credit. So that is, um, I, I think, the importance of, of notional, national news or local news should be recognized in that respect. And it would go a long way. Uh, talking about the Marion record out of Kansas. And like you said, that's our former journalist professor from U of I, Eric Meyer, and, and kind of that uh, unprecedented raid. I think we could do a few podcasts on that. Maybe we should talk about that. Um, <laughs> probably not for this one, but I am glad that uh, the search warrant was reversed and they are getting their equipment back. It's it's obviously too late. And um, who knows what this is going to cost taxpayers and, and um, you know, local journalism there in the long run. But um, um, I'm very happy that uh, Mr. Meyer and, and the journalism community fought. Yeah, definitely a very cool story that rightfully got national um, recognition right away. But obviously, that's a different podcast. The folks aren't here to listen to, to us talk about the beauty of journalism and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, um, let's move on over to another local story that, you know, again, Joe is the only one who reported on. But um, you got a chance to uh, check out Nutrier's new $75 million athletics facility. Um, he posted this last week. So make sure you folks at home check it out um, at the record Shore.org. But Joe, you got photos, you got um, a lot of good interviews, and you got a tour. And um, you know, just give the folks at home your first impression. Obviously, $75 million is a lot of money. So, I mean, just what were your thoughts about how they did with the facility and, you know, just how beneficial it will be to Nutria students? Yeah. And this is a story that, you know, talking about kind of uh, another arm of local journalism, it's just being aware of what's important in your community, knowing that this facility is about to be done. Um, knowing that it's important for a variety of reasons, you know, from investment to, um, you know, usage, land use, space development, all that good stuff. Uh, people really care about this facility and, and the community will use it, not just the students. So uh, I, I definitely wanted to get in there and tour it and, and check it out as soon as it was safe to do so. And um, Nutrier uh, obliged. And uh, I mean, the first word is is really just, wow. I mean, it's, it's $75 million worth of, educational space, you know, focus on athletics, but we also have classrooms and uh, kinetic wellness type education. It's, it's uh, I, awe-inspiring. It's, it's a really, you know, wow space. <laughs> um, you know, th four levels, three floors, um, not floors, uh, stories, three stories, four levels, because it has a basement. And uh, I wrote the story, if you know Nutria's old facility, which as they grew and developed with more students, they had to create more rooms and combine and condense and all this stuff they had to do in their athletics facility, man, it was, I don't even know what to say. Confusing, number one, uh, sometimes tough to look at, uh, claustrophobic in some spaces, um, hard to get to. Um, I mean, the, the weight cages were, in the basement on the infield of a really small track. There were pillars in the track, things like that. So now we have that space completely open up, uh, you know, six lane track, AstroTurf, well, uh, artificial turf infield, uh, batting cages that drop from the ceiling. Um, very cool. And that's where, you know, 
talking about that floor, uh, the, the lower level, it has, it, you kind of see the first connection to the old gym. The bleachers there are reclaimed wood from the stadium seating at the original Gates gym. So that's pretty cool. They tried to incorporate these places. We can argue if they could have done it a little more, but um, it is evident on every floor uh, homages to the old Gates gym, um, which was around for about a century before it was knocked down for this. Um, so it, it's really got everything in this facility from that basement track level training facilities to a fitness center, to an auxiliary gym, to a climbing wall, uh, a big open foyer space, which are, they're calling kind of the canyon. Um, it kind of mimics the open air space on the other end of the of their um, their Winneka campus. Uh, just kind of a hangout space. Uh, you know, you can lounge there. You can do homework at any time of the day. Um, things like that. Um, so socialize. Um, so it's it's cool there. And of course, um, 14 classrooms, um, fitness center that's two floors, one for free weights, one for um, aerobic, and the main gym. Um, and that's where they'll have their basketball games, uh, volleyball, uh, some other sports that I think, I, I know I'm probably missing some, but I know badminton has competed in Gage Gym, fencing. They have a fencing club that does that too. Probably missing a, a sport here. Um, I'm sure some training as well, but um, it's, I mean, it's a modern gym. Um, it's got seating on all four sides, another kind of throwback to Gates, um, which is going to make it when those bleach, like when the bleachers are, they're retractable. So when they're retracted, it feels pretty open, but I could just tell standing in there when those bleachers come out, that's going to be a pretty intense space. You're going to be pretty close to the gym floor. The fans are. Um, and so are probably the cheerleaders and, and whoever else if we're talking basketball um it's going to be pretty cool um kind of right on top i'm sure the student section will, will occupy one of those closest to the floor spaces um so i, I think it's that's going to be cool and the video board my goodness um huge flexible uh, in terms of what it can do uh video board um it can be you know a bunch of different screens or one screen um you can put up stats of course from the game you can also put they can play videos um so that's going to be i feel like in envy of, of, of the area once that gets going. Um, said they were going to do player intros on that too, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, you know, the one thing we've, we've talked about this too, I, I'm a really big fan of, if you're talking about Illinois basketball, those old gimmicky nostalgic gyms and this, I mean, it's a new one. So are you going to get that? I, I don't know if they could have put in some more character in it. It does. Um, feel that feel that way but i bet once we get the banners in there and once we get some of those other things trophies and stuff it's going to feel pretty pretty tight and pretty quote-unquote new trier you know it's their gym so um it's going to be good it holds uh 1800 people so we're going to be i'm pretty packed in there and i'm sure um in games against evanston and uh, maybe some big playoff games that'll get there yeah, it's just all very impressive. And I, the first thing I thought of, even when I kind of looked at the renderings, but now that I look at the photos of the real thing, um, this is something you see at a college campus, like whether that be, a, you know, a big time, uh, maybe not exactly a big time college, but like you see this like on a lot of college campuses, all the resources, all the really cool stuff. I mean, if you look at the track underneath the stadium or underneath the uh, in the basement, 
I mean, that's something you see that a lot of colleges have. You don't see a lot of high schools have the, you know, indoor track with the turf and everything like that and bleachers. And um, that's a really cool thing uh, um, to be offering these students. A lot of great stuff. Obviously, if you spend $75 million, so you're going to get a lot of great stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, all the facilities are great. Everything looks really impressive. Um, I do agree with you with the gym, and this is kind of a concern of mine at first when they were doing this. Um I, I do feel like the gym is going to lack personality. Maybe you get more of that. Um, you know, you get more of that with the banners. You get that with the video playing. Um, I mean, you get that with the, like you said, maybe the bleachers out. But it does feel like it'll be something that will be kind of big. And maybe that will keep the voice or, you know, keep the crowd going. And you'll be able to hear it and kind of get even louder and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I do agree with you where it's kind of like, I do feel like I am really into those old school gyms, old wooden, you know, bleachers, really old, old railings and that kind of stuff. And you're kind of like, well, you got to modernize, like you got to get with the times. And that's exactly what Nutria needed to do. Um, but it is kind of hard where you kind of go into these new gyms. It's like, yeah, the video board is great. Um, the new bleachers are nice. Like they're not going to crack. They're not going to break or anything like that. And the new floor is nice. But um, there are moments where you're kind of like, well, is there a way they could have done this where it was kind of like maybe more of a nod to Gage gym where, um, other than like maybe the three sides or the four sides, I don't really see a lot of things that really make it seem like it, what it used to be. Yeah. You know, th some of them are subtle, um, like the, the center court insignia that was in Gates, that's yeah. in the entryway to the athletics office and some of the flooring wraps around. I think this looks the coolest. It wraps around the concession area, which is going to be awesome. Um, the concessionary, I mean, the food, um, which, yeah. of course, I usually don't eat before a game, so I get to go there and probably get Malnati's or something. But uh, it wraps around, which looks really cool, really unique, and, of course, um, the throwback. Um, yeah, the seating on all four sides, they do have upper deck or, or stadium seating on one of the sides. Um, that's that's a throwback as well to Gates. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else they could – oh, the barreled roof is a big one. So the roof has that curve in it that that was kind of a, a unique element to Gates as well with the natural light coming in. That's that's a throwback that I think is really unique. It's not exactly a dome. It's more because it's longer, so it's not the, a right. sphere. Um, can't compete with the Titan Dome. You got to be separate. Um, so they oh, got yeah. a, a barrel roof. Um, so, but I so yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel it's going to be different once we get the fans and everything in there. It's going to feel intimate and feel like Nutriers and not some generic um, park district gym. I, I think we're I think we're going to get there once we get the banners up and everything and and uh, Nutrier basketball uh, shooting fifty five threes a game. <laughs> <laughs> then we know it's a Nutrier gym, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a fantastic facility. I think it was obviously worth it for the kids and all that kind of stuff. If I were to critique anything, those would be the things I would critique. But um, obviously, there's a lot of great stuff going on uh, with that. And um, I know that, you know, the kids have already started, you know, kind of using it and that all that stuff. So it should be really fun to see um, once we get some volleyball games in there, basketball games, especially in the winter. Um It'll be a, it'll be really fun to see everything take place. But make sure you check out Joe's story at the Record North Shore for all the photos and quotes about it, and you get all the real details um, of everything that took place um, and what's going on in there as well. All right, let's move on over to the second half where um, we're going to start looking ahead into the fall. Obviously, we are officially in the fall season right now. Um, 
but you know, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. And um, obviously I know people want football, but we'll make you wait one more week to talk about football and uh, kind of talk about the other fall sports, um, especially because I feel like sometimes those kind of get lost um, in the middle of the football season. It's kind of hard to hit on everything. So um, let's talk about it and let's talk about um, both. You know, let's start with girls volleyball, Nutrier and Loyola, obviously two very strong programs. Um, two historically really good programs. Joe, obviously, um, two teams who were able to make, who uh, made the playoffs, obviously, and then competed in them um, a little bit. But what are your thoughts about how, you know, both the Trevians and the Ramblers kind of fared this year, both with, you know, what they lost, but also what they add this year? Yeah, I mean, in general, again, it's, it's a little early for me um, to give grand – uh, predictions. I hopefully can do that after Monday when I see Nutrier. Uh, they'll be the first ones to play in the gym. The first competition's Monday uh, as they open against Libertyville. So I'll be there for that. But um, I, I think Nutrier's got uh, um, a lot of talent coming back. Um, they started some youngsters across in many uh, positions last year, um, and uh, including kind of one of the superstars, Anna Vetter. I believe she's she's a senior this year. Um, and she's uh, kind of that all-state type talent um, they should have. So uh, I like what Nutrier is going to be putting out there, and I think they'll be able to compete with almost everybody, if not everybody, um, in the state. Um, um, I don't know if they're a state contender yet. It depends on how uh, they do replace in some spots, but I do know they got some returners. Um, Loyola um, was anchored last year by two senior middles who both played college volleyball. So very rare to have two college volleyball middles in your lineup. And they, they dominated that way. They're going to have to do that a little differently this year with Grace Krutz, um kind of coming up. I think she's a junior this year, a really powerful outside. So I think they're going to rely more on their pin hitters, their outsides rather than the middles. Um, but again, they have some people returned too, led by Grace. Um, so I, I like what they're going to bring. I think they're both, we're going to have a couple talented teams once again. Yeah, obviously Loyola beat Nutrier in the sectional final last year, and Loyola um, lost to St. Charles East in the super sectional. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but all just, yeah, two really impressive teams, and I think the Ramblers will be really interesting because, you know, you lose two college players, it's kind of hard to overcome that. But I think the Ramblers have shown that they've had the ability to replace players each and every year. And um, like you mentioned with Crutes, I think that will be a huge um, linchpin for, you know, just – keeping up with the tradition that they've kind of built over the last couple of years. Yeah, no doubt um, that she's really, she's really that good. Um, and I think she also improved so much last year that I'm really excited to see how she's coming into this year um, and what she's going to do. Obviously that family has great athletic pedigree um, right. you know, from her all state football brothers. And of course her father. So um, I'm excited for that uh, very much to see that volleyball get underway here. I think it's going to be a pretty good year. All right, looking at boys soccer, um, obviously New Trier won a sectional championship last year. Um, they lost in uh, the super sectional round, um, losing to uh, Stevenson, who uh, ended up taking third place at the state finals last year. But Joe, obviously for New Trier, just it's I feel like it's trying to keep up with the tradition and trying to keep up with you know what they've been able to do, especially you know. Um, with Evanston kind of losing last year as the number two seed in their regional final, really making it not easy, but like really making the road a little bit better for Nutrier. Um, what do you think of this program just kind of coming back this season and trying to maybe take that next step and make it to the state finals? Yeah, I think, uh, 
I I want to say more of the same because you kind of expect that out of new Trier soccer on both both boys and girls, but um, boys have been right there the past couple of years. I know they want to get down state. Um, they do lose a couple um, stars in uh, Evan Canellos graduated as did um, Peter. Of course, let's just no Peter was his brother. Uh, what I Matthew Perchek. Um, sorry. Um, so two of their stars graduated, uh, but I know they got plenty left in the tank, both um, a lot of starters that are that are hanging in there, as well as uh, guys that will fill in those positions. That's kind of just what Nutria soccer does, you know, very um, a lot of a wealth of talent in the area for, for soccer. So um, I like what they're going to do this year. I think they'll be among the best once again. I know, obviously, you'll need you need to look more at the teams and all that kind of stuff. But for Loyola losing its first game in the playoffs, um, granted Lane Tech made it all the way to the sectional championship, so maybe Lane was a little underseeded in that matchup there. But, you know, for Loyola 11 seed last year losing in the first game of the playoffs, um, obviously something that the Ramblers kind of want to regroup and um, and kind of change back this fall. Yeah, because um, they kind of set it – was, it, was it was a rebuilding year for them for sure because I believe it was two years ago, maybe three years ago, where they had just a really, really special team, senior heavy, uh, put together just a really big record, a lot of wins, piled them up. I believe they were Catholic League champs. Um, and then they lost all the seniors. So they're kind of in this rebuilding mode. And so I think um, they got a lot of guys. They never really put it together last year, but they had a lot of new guys. Uh, so hopefully this year they will have that year of growth for a lot of those guys and um, you know make it into that top half of that sectional. Um, moving on to girls swimming, girls swimming, obviously new Trier won the state championship last season as a team. Um, a lot of talented swimmers, some swimmers obviously are not, you know, have graduated and moved on, but I do feel like, you know, you got, um, some young talent that, uh, is really going to help new Trier kind of continue its dominance over what the past 20 years, however long it's been. Yeah. Long time. And they're back-to-back champions. Two years ago, they won by like a crazy big margin last year. They, they gutted it out um, with big swims here and there in the state finals. Um, and they got a lot of experience for the young girls. Yeah. They're, they're loot. They lost some talent for sure um, at the top end, but um, I, I feel like they have a lot left. Um, a couple names are escaping me right now, but they, they have a lot, um, a, a lot that is returning from a state championship team. And I think they might even be better poised this year. Yeah. They got Tierney Lenahan coming back and uh, Zara Bolton. Obviously they were part of that. Um, that uh, 200 yard medley relay team that won the state championship last year. So, um, yeah, there is a lot of talent returning for Nutrier. Um, even though they graduated some, there, there, there's always going to be talent with Nutrier. And, um, it's one of those things where you just got to keep on, you know, thinking that this program is just going to keep on reloading with all the talent that it usually has. Yeah. All right. Moving on to uh, girls tennis. Obviously, Nutrier finished second as a team last year. Uh, only trailing uh, Hinsdale Central by three points for the state championship. Um, some really strong performances. Uh, Madison uh, Liu uh, falling in the third place match last year. Um, but obviously, Nutria always has a depth and always seems to do really well, Joe, when it comes to uh, tennis as well. Yeah, I mean, they're um, they're poised for another for a run at state championship maybe better i think they had one maybe two seniors on their state qualifiers last year um and their four-year varsity i think i think she's been number one singles all year madison Liu is a senior so she's kind of at the top of the program um they have a sophomore duo and carrie rothenberg and lucy perilli 
um, who's coming back, uh, who are who are poised to come back. Uh, Coco Zabel um, was with freshman Ariane Lester House um, in last year's tournament. So actually, there's only one senior last year. So um, five of the six from that starting lineup are are coming back. Um, and, and also, you know, you can never who knows about their depth, um, which is always strong. And that's kind of, you know, they always kind of say if, if injuries or, you know, the competition level at those practices is so high, um, they can fill in at spots and um, um, without too much, if any, of a difference. So um, they're they're going to be a favorite, if not the favorite. Looking back at it now, I forgot how successful the fall was for Nutrier. Yeah. Um, Nutrier also won the boys' golf championship last year and also um, finished uh, fifth, uh, no, sixth, uh, the girls did, um, at the state last year, too. So, obviously, boys and girls golf has a lot of talent in this area and kind of will continue to have some um, this upcoming fall as well. <clears throat> Yeah, on the golf course, it's going to be um, a special one. Obviously, we had uh, the state champ boys, uh, led by the individual state champion, Johnny Kremian, um, for Nutrier, um, is back. Uh, so this is going to be a good year for them. You can only assume the girls were among the best teams in the state. Um, they took a relative step back for them at the state tournament, you know, and, and we talk about that every fall. That can happen at a golf state tournament. You get two days um, and it's, it's really stiff competition and they finished sixth. So a lot of those girls are back as well for them. Um, so um, yeah, it's going to be a good fall for golf uh, for both those and, and loyal Academy as well. Yeah. Let's not forget about field hockey. Obviously a lot of uh, hardware there as well as we kind of, I don't know what happened. We must have forgotten how great the fall was last year where you just had all these champions, especially for Nutrier, just putting up a really good show last fall. And field hockey obviously did the same. Yeah, and if I'm not wrong, um, Honor Dold returns for them. She's a big player in the field hockey team. Oh, no, they had Honor Roberts last year. I'm sorry, I confused my honor. Uh, <laughs> and um, But, yeah, uh, they're – uh, did they win their third in a row? Um, I'm trying to think because of the COVID year. Um, I think they did yeah. uh, win their third state championship in a row. Um, among the best, uh, they've been challenged here and there, but last year they really ran the table pretty handily for um, for a state finals in a playoff run. They were, they were dominant, so uh, you can expect them back at the top. Yeah, it should be an exciting fall. I actually uh, uh, didn't think about a couple of sports, so now I'm even more excited, Mike. <laughs> and then obviously boys and girls cross country got a lot of great distance runners as well. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of good runners this fall as they kind of make to look a deeper run um, in the sectional and also the state finals. Yep. Um, they always have good programs here at, at Nutrier with the running. Uh, I guess you could say it a lot. I feel like I've said that as we go through every fall program, but that's why the fall is so exciting. Um, Going to be another good one. All right. Obviously, that's all that we can uh, talk about. Obviously, we hit a lot <laughs> on all the sports. Uh, we'll obviously go a little bit more in deep in depth once we uh, get some, uh, you know, some more names and obviously more ideas of, you know, how we're kind of looking forward to this fall. But um, obviously, throughout the fall, we'll every week, whether that's way or no way or um, going into overtime, we'll obviously talk about all these different sports as well as there's clearly a lot of talent in the fall beyond just football. But football is what we'll talk about in next week's episode. So make sure you uh, listen to that episode. We'll do our full breakdown for Loyola, Nutria, and Highland Park next week. Um, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can always uh, check out older episodes. 
the more subscriptions you get, uh, the more ability you have to know when we have uh, new podcasts out. Um, and we always appreciate the ratings as well. Um, always appreciate everybody's uh, feedback as uh, we try to continue to grow the podcast, especially here in the fall with the football season um, getting started. Uh, check out my work at Friday Night Drive. We've got all the conference previews you want for the whole season. Um, we've got every conference broken down, every division broken down, all the key players, key matchups, everything like that. So make sure you're checking out our work at the Friday Night Drive. And as always, make sure you're checking out Joe's work at the record Make sure you subscribe and donate and keep up with everything that's going on, not only in the sports North Shore scene, but also uh, everything that's just happening in general in the North Shore. Like I said, next week, we will preview the 2023 football season. It's kind of crazy that we're here already, um, looking ahead to the road to Bloomington Normal. But until then, uh, thanks so much for joining us, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.